0: The hazard bandwagon rolls on. It is the Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Welcome, and you all back to episode 103 of the Fancy Football Surgery podcast. It's been a big weekend of FPN, and we're coming to you on the 18th of September 2018. Welcome back, to the Iceman.
1: Thank you, Philly, and you have turned into Barry White straight away. It works off well with that microphone you've got of yours.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that fixed? Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh now. Excellent news. A bit of Barry at the start of the pod. I love a bit of And I believe that your prep for this part has been heavily influenced by a delightful spa break this weekend. Oh, I've
1: been on a delightful spa weekend. Yes, I haven't managed to watch any football, but I did watch the Arsenal game, and I've tried to look up as many stats and things on over Twitter. And but I've, I've prepped as much as I can, but very little.
0: Excellent. Okay, well, we've got... Um, We've got another great guest with us today, some of you will know him already, but we've got Roscoe from FF247, graphic designer by trade, has played fantasy football in varying formats for the best part of 25 years, Um, it's his fourth season playing FPL with ranks of 2K, 8K and 28K, so nothing too shabby there, Uh, describes himself as a conservative manager prone to the occasional irrational moment of reckless abandonment, Um, (laughs) sounds like a perfect guest for everything we've got to discuss, welcome Roscoe.
2: Thanks very much for having me, guys.
0: Brilliant to have you on board. Roscoe, so I've already said a bit about your history in, uh, in FPL. What keeps you playing, given you've been part of it for 25 years?
2: Uh, I, I mean, if, when I say 25 years, there was probably moments where, like a few-year periods where I didn't play, but yeah. um, obviously I've always followed football. I've had a season ticket for um, Newcastle for going on 26, 27 years. I was probably at the point where I might have started to Maybe consider not playing fantasy in some format, yeah. but at that point I discovered FPL and it's kind of taken <laughs> over my life, which is probably what a lot of people say who uh, who come on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is the case for many of our guests. It's just become all-consuming. I know the Iceman can relate to that.
2: Yes, most certainly.
0: Did you watch the game at the weekend, uh, Roscoe?
1: You go watch that, <laughs> did you? The Arsenal-Newcastle game? <laughs>
2: yeah yeah I, I was there yeah um, we don't need to talk we don't need to talk about that so. <laughs> good game wasn't it
0: there's <laughs> there's so many there's so many questions i want to ask you about new newcastle strike force so i'm going to save it until we get into the fixtures ross so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be interested in your crazy fi- crazy
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay well um chaps let's just uh, i'm just going to run over the fpl headlines of the week and this will very much be part of what we talk about today so the uh the chelsea bandwagon rolls on still top of the league and flying high we'll, we'll cover them lukaku on a hot street question mark is is he someone that we need to start investing in now um is ryan fraser the real deal who do you need to ditch for hazard Marne or salah is the question and uh just finally is david silver the real man city must have now
1: yes he is i love the guy
0: right well that's that one covered so that's four we've sorted got <laughs> Now, we'll get into that. We discussed the City game, but yeah, some interesting ones there, chaps. Let's just see how you got on your uh, in your in your mini mini weeks game weeks. How did you get on your game weeks, Iceman, Man? How did you do? I did pretty well, considering I didn't have Hazard. To be honest, I mean,
1: I brought in David Silver, as I mentioned for Mane, and uh, obviously that worked out. He scored me a nice eleven. Captain's Aguero like <clears throat> actually got some points off the bench from Gray, which was pretty lucky. King, I saw that. King got me eleven. Doubled up on the old Crystal Palace defender Wan and Van Holt. I actually started Wan so I was quite happy with that. And Patricio, Patricio uh, clean sheet. So seventy-four. I finished on Great uh, score. overall rank of one hundred eighteen k at the moment. So doing all right now,
0: flying along. And uh, and Roscoe, how did you get on this week?
2: Um, not not as, not as well as that. Um, first red arrow of the season, unfortunately. I ended up on 53, which isn't so bad. It, it felt a lot worse on Saturday, but it, it kind of picked up a little bit after that. Um, Captain Aguero, so that was okay. Had a clean sweep of two points across the midfield, so that was pretty grim. Um, I was one of many people who... Had Mendy with Wanda Sagar as first sub, so that was a, a nice um, nine points from off the bench. And then Danny Ings last night was um, was very fortunate to to get me another seven points. So yeah, 53 points. Um, I dropped from about 106k down to 175. So not the best, but could have been worse, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean you've got above the average for the week, and that's always going to lift you a little bit, especially at this age of the season where everyone's kind of chopping and changing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think as long as I kind of get above the average, I can't be too disappointed.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah, at least it's um, yeah, you haven't lost uh, too much momentum there in terms of the rest of the pack. In terms of my game week, I'm kind of sandwiched between you two, so I ended up with 65. I uh, I wildcarded last week. I had a few injuries and decided it was time. So Hazard was my big scorer on 20. Didn't have the bottle to cap them in, unfortunately, but there we go. Couple of little uh, clean sheet bonuses from Wolves players in Patricio and Bennett, and that, that little uh, that little seven point extra from Ings on the Monday night, which I wasn't expecting. Very happy with that. Wambece is sat on my bench, harboring nine glorious points. So uh, really, really happy to not have him. But I've got Robertson and Alonso as my other two defenders, and of course Mendy didn't play. So we'll talk about how do we solve that issue as we go along. So let's have a little look at our mini league and how we're getting on at the moment. So. Our top 10, we've got Mo Salah Momane, Jeff Fletcher in 10th, John Ulcher in 9th with Ordere for Sarah. I've said that wrong, haven't I? Daniel Griffin in 8th <laughs> place, more of the same, lovely stuff on that one. Uh, Damon Harmon, the Harmonators, nice and easy. 6th uh, place, we've got Jack Moore with Mumbo Jumbo. 5th place, Rahul Mystery with Moaning Skirtle. Antonio Kioffi, Sons of Amity in 4th, I like that. FC Smoth, James Smith in third, reminds me of Woodsy. Mm-hmm. Me, myself and I've Johnny Branson, uh, Brosnan, sorry, into second. And first place, I believe, was he there last week? Being on out of it, Andrew McKinnon is still up there. He was the only one in the top 10 to score 100 points or more. He also benched Fraser as well. Wow.
1: <laughs> he's 42, yeah. He's 42nd overall. So if I'd like love to know what him. made him
0: pick... I'd really be interested to see what made him pick Neves over Fraser there, actually. That's quite an interesting one. Oh, Fraser was injured.
1: Yeah, Fraser was injured pre... uh, Well, it was reported he had a hamstring
0: problem, so that's probably why. And then turned up and had the return of his life. (laughs) Fantastic. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, mate. Right, okay. Iceman. So, all uh, all sparse stuff and uh, headlines aside, should we get in some fixtures? Yeah, why not? Well, because... That's the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start then, chaps. Fulham versus Watford. Fulham slipping up at the weekend. Watford coming a cropper against United, although not by too much. Roscoe, let's come to you on this fixture first. What players do you like in this one, if at all?
2: Um, I think it's hard to ignore Alexander Mitrovic which is a strange one for me because I kind of avoided him at the start of the season. As a Newcastle fan, I'd kind of seen what he can do before. And there was a lot of chatter about how he'd be a great asset. And I just thought, nah, I know better than you guys. And it turns out I don't. Uh, (laughs) And so now I'm kind of looking jealously at all the teams with him in. Um, I've got Wilson in the the spot, which would probably become Mitrovic if if I had a spare transfer. Yeah, I I think he's got to be the key pick. And the other one who I was looking at was uh, Scherler. Yeah, um, the minute I feel like I've got too many other fires to put out. But if I was going to bring in a Fulham player, it would be one of those two.
1: I suppose the problem is with, with Fulham. I mean, people are saying their fixtures are kind of up and down with uh, with choosing for What are your thoughts on? their fixtures going forward. I think that Mitrovic is always going to be a good option for them because, you know, he is their talisman and against anyone, the likes of Watford at home, you know, Everton away, they've got, I know they've got Arsenal after that, but then they've got Cardiff, Bournemouth, Huddersfield. So, right now might be a good time to actually bring him in, I reckon.
2: Yeah, I, thought, I don't think there'd be a bad time to bring him in, to be honest. I think from watching how he plays with Fulham, it's very different how he played when he played for Newcastle. I think a lot of fans in Newcastle wondered why he was moved on, but I think reading between the lines from the comments that he's made since, since he did move was that Benitez didn't really want to play towards a style that suited his game play. And I think that was detrimental to, to how he did perform for us. And seeing how he plays for Fulham, where everything's kind of geared up towards him, which it should be with a player like that, I think they're sort of reaping the, the rewards of that. And I think he could score in any game. I mean, obviously he scored four goals already this season at I don't think many people expected him to get much at Man City, um, but if he had, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a huge, huge surprise. But um, yeah, I think he could he could easily grab a few goals in the upcoming fi- fixtures, especially um, the Everton game. I'm looking at, and obviously he's got Cardiff in a, in a few games time too. So yeah, I think if you're on a wild card, I, I, I certainly wouldn't advise against it. Like I say, I'm looking on with jealous eyes with, with Callum Colin Wilson, thinking should I be making that move? Should I just stick with what I've got? So yeah, it's a tricky one.
0: Yeah, is it. A- I especially think um, Everton haven't quite sorted out defensively yet. Arsenal notoriously not great against bullying strikers, plus that great run of fixtures up, what the Iceman's just quoted there. So, uh, 6.8 million, it's kind of a toss up between him and Zahar and the Bournemouth strikers at the moment. Well, you can say grey as well, couldn't you? But there's kind of that little pool of strikers in that 6.5 to 7 million range. Ings being one of those as well when he's back from um, being uh, not allowed to play against Liverpool. Just a nice little pool there, but Mitrovic. I agree. I think he's got great return potential in the next few air game weeks.
2: Because he's risen up to kind of 6.8 million, you could obviously now sort of categorise him with Zahar and Anatovic. I think I would probably go for Mitrovic over either of those. Yeah. Right. In fact, I definitely would. And probably over the 6.5. Uh, well, I think Wilson and King are 6.3, is it?
1: Yeah, I think King's dropped down to 6.3. Yeah, we did have a question on this. Nick FPL asked the exact question of Mitrovic or Zaha. So I suppose the unanimous vote here is Mitrovic. Uh, I feel like Zaha, yeah, he has got a shout with how he plays for his team. He's a talisman for his team as well. But he has to play well every single time to get any points there, I reckon.
0: He's not really got a provider. So I'm,
1: I'm saying that Mitrovic by miles.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, it took an absolutely world class goal to turn all the focus back to Zahar at the weekend, didn't it? So, what about their opponents then? <coughs> lovely. What about their opponents then, Roscoe, in terms of uh, Watford? Great start to the season. I'm lucky to go down 2 1 to United. All the hype has been around their midfield. Grey, obviously, coming up with the goods as well fairly regularly. Do you see any value in their players?
2: Um, prior to sort of this game week, I was probably looking at Pereira and possibly um, Yeah. I think they weren't lucky against Man United. I think they could have easily got a, a draw then and, and maybe that'll take the focus off their, their players a little bit. Um, I think the only thing that would deter me from either of those players I've mentioned is probably other players in a similar price bracket like me, Rich, who have just mentioned, Wilson, King, Fattini. Um And then when it comes to Pereira, I'm maybe looking more towards Madison, Fraser, Charlison. But I think they've been a very different thing I would say is that they do have five away fixtures in the next seven, but in saying that, they could easily get attack and returns in, in all of those fixtures.
0: Okay, what do you think about Watford? Yeah, I mean, like,
1: everyone was shouting Pereira before, and I still think he was a good shout. I mean, City had, what, I think 28 shots against them. I suppose you can't really compare any team when they're playing against City. But yeah, I reckon Pereira, is well up there with uh, penalty area touches at the moment. 26 penalty area touches so far this season. I still think that he can be a good shout going forward but like Roscoe says they have got some uh, odd fixtures kind of, you know, a lot of away runs because they started the season with uh, a load of home ones it's like up and down type fixtures to me a lot of people are looking at Dini just because he smashed Sanchez in that Tottenham game and he looked looked like he bossed it, he got a header but I wouldn't say go towards Dini. I've got Gray at the moment, I'm going to keep him for this game because because is- I just think that maybe you know there, there could be a couple of goals here because Fulham's defence is just a bit leaky, really. But I I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in anyone. Polybass was the guy to go for. He has created the most chances for defenders so far of eleven, but I wouldn't necessarily go there. I would kind of see a better options in Pereira and in Leicester or maybe like you know Luke Shaw around that price bracket. Yeah, I'm I'm not really looking at Watford at the moment. I don't think they've got any consistent scorers there. I mean, like, it could be spread up up top and mm. uh, Pereira's hit and miss
0: every other game really I'm going to put a flash in passing. <laughs> yeah okay well, let's move it on to uh, Burnley versus uh, versus Bournemouth here now Burnley I said it last week but still not really looking to depend on last season going down 1-0 against Wolves I do actually worry for them a little bit except they're if their defence isn't sturdy on well a firepower moving forward, playing against a Bournemouth side that have the one of the in-form midfielders in the league in Fraser at the weekend, absolute dynamite, and also a Joshua King who's uh, scored another goal and an assist at the weekend. So, Ice Man, what are your thoughts on Bournemouth?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we've always known it. They've always been a very attacker team. And Fraser's coming to his own this season. We said it a few times at the start of the season after his first one or two games, where he even said that he wants to score more. He seems to be doing that. He is literally on fire. It was really unfortunate for the wild carders that Fraser got a knock and uh, kind of veered him away from him. But I think that he is, you know, the best value option in midfield at the moment. I mean, like even in that game, there were. What three, three, no up, four, no up, And they've always got a goal they're going to concede at some point, so you can just never really rely on their defenses. We did look at Rico uh, last week at 4.5 because he's on corners and free kicks, but you just want to kind of see a few more few more games from him and the big question here is actually the Wilson and King conundrum and a lot of people are sticking with King just because on penalties he is playing in that front free for Bournemouth but I still think that Wilson's going to be the option he's had the the stats behind him and he's had the goals before King's managing to get points here and there, but I, I've got him, but I'm not necessarily happy that I do have him. I do think that Wilson is the option to go here. They have got some good fixtures going forward, so I would be more or less on Wilson if I was to choose between those two there. Interesting.
0: Okay. Roscoe, what about you? What are your thoughts on Bournemouth players? Um, well,
2: I'm, I'm pro-Wilson, but I have Wilson, so I might be a little bit higher. But I did actually start the season with King. Um And I wildcarded in game week three, I think it was, and I made the switch to Wilson. And I think Kings outscored Wilson in pretty much every game since then, which was a bit of a signal. But I've actually had a quick look at the stats, and obviously Kings on penalties, so that's a bit of a bonus when you've got players like Fraser um, running through, you know, they're always going to invite a tackle. So that's always going to go in his favor. But if you look at the stats, Wilson's got 16 goal attempts to Kings 9, and all 16 of those were within the box. So... I tend to agree that Wilson is probably, if he can stay fit and healthy, is probably the better, the better bet long term. But as I say, I'm slightly biased because I've got him, so it might be a little bit of uh, wishful thinking. And then obviously everybody's going to be talking about Fraser um, this week. Um, I don't have him, but um, I wish I did. Yeah, I, I like Fraser. I, rem- I remember watching him last season when he did play. I thought he looked pretty handy, but he didn't play a lot of minutes last season. He's obviously played 90 minutes of every match this season. So if he can. Get over those injury problems that he's had before. Then, you know, maybe he could be a very good pick over the course of the season. Um, it's always kind of difficult to remain impartial when a player scored so well in the previous game week, and obviously everybody's going to be jumping onto him and trying to get them in the team. So, yeah, I, I am, I am thinking of bringing Fraser this week. Um, not just because of the performance last week, but also because of the price. I think at yeah. five point six or five point seven million. I think, um, I think he's risen to. I, think he, he, I don't think you're going to get better value than that across that price range. And I think the, the things that that money will allow you to do elsewhere. So, for me, obviously, after Hazard's performance, I'm, I'm kind of looking at him dropping one of my players, probably Theo Walcott, who I hope to never, ever have in my FPL team ever again. Hmm. Um, by turning him into Fraser, I can kind of turn money into to Hazard. So, that's where I'm kind of looking at the moment. So, yeah and I, and I wouldn't expect I won't expect 18 points again this season but I think at 5.7 million you can afford to you know expect them to pick up three four points every, every few game weeks I think that's a good return for, for the price that you pay for them yeah, yeah
1: definitely I think that a lot of people are looking at the double up on Bournemouth whether that's the, the viable option to go for with, with Wilson and Fraser like the one that you're kind of going for there I mean there, there is an argument of wouldn't double up on a non top six team just because they could go out of form and then it just two of them in your team you're just like oh great I've got two useless attackers in my team so what, what are your thoughts on that? on, on the, the double up do you think Bournemouth are good enough to keep up the consistency
2: uh, I'll, be t- I'll be totally honest the only reason Fraser's not on my team is because of that that very worry so a few weeks back I looked and, and I thought I'd quite like to bring Fraser in but I just thought there's no way I'm doubling up on Bournemouth so I'll just stick with Wilson but I think long term I might end up turning Wilson into Mitrovic so yeah as I said I think Fraser would be an easy route for me to to turn Mane into to Hazard so that's kind of where I'm looking at the moment um, and then with one eye with possibly bringing Mitrovic in for for Wilson, but I don't know. I'll look at Bournemouth's fixtures and they've been good for a while, and, and they've still got great fixtures all the way up to game week 11. So I think I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna hold. As was said in my bio, I, I tend to be quite a conservative manager. I do have these moments where I just make strange decisions, and I think if I did off Wilson when they've got these fixtures, that would probably go down as a as a bad decision. So I'm probably gonna stick, and I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna double up.
1: Yeah, and against Burnley might actually be. The one of the best games to start doing it because Wolves had thirty shots against them. That's that was the highest this week. A harp saying last week that they're a bit tired. They haven't got any Europa League anymore, so maybe they do need a few more games to get going in, in terms of actually keeping clean sheets and scoring points on the board because they're now bottom of the league. Yeah, maybe now might be the best time, but you kind of got to be ready because Daish's teams have always been very organised. So maybe they're going to get it together at some point.
0: Yeah, well some interesting points on um, on both clubs there. Let's uh, should we move forward to Cardiff City, unless either of you have anything else to say on that? Yeah, no one, no one from Burnley at the moment is the key point here. Excellent. Uh, so let's move on to Cardiff versus City then. Big question mark, is this going to be a runaway for City or do Cardiff have some defensive warlock resilience here, Roscoe?
2: <laughs> I think no. I, I don't think I've seen anything from Cardiff that suggests that they're going to be able to keep Man City at bay. Unsurprisingly, I'm not looking at any of the card of players to bring him in, into my side. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a case of sort of will Man City score against them. It's a case of how many will they score. Yeah, I think it could be a it could be a bloodbath.
0: You, you raised the point of David Silva. What are your thoughts on him?
2: Um, I mean, I, I think he's a great player. I think in seasons past, well, probably more so last season, it was when was he going to play and if he, if he played in sort of Pep's rotation and things like that. But but when he does play, he always performs. And I think this season, obviously, with the injury to um, KDB, Morris hasn't really settled. There's been question marks over whether is going to get game time. And then, obviously, comparing Silver to Sterling's price. So I think Sterling and Silver are both really good options, but the difference is, obviously, $2.5 To get Sterling into your team, you're going to have to downgrade elsewhere, whereas David Silva, I think you can fit him in quite relatively easy. Um, and as he showed at the weekend, you know, he can easily grab 10 points plus in any game week. Yeah, I think I'd like to work Silver in my team. If I had a wild card, I was on a wild card now, then then he would definitely be one of the guys who I'd be wanting to get into to my midfield, especially after I've had four points this weekend. So, yeah, comes up yeah, to he's, Silver.
0: He's also scooped five bonus points in the four games that he's played this season. So, he, when he does play and he does notch, he... I think because of his ability and what he creates, he's a bit of a magnet for those as well.
2: Yeah, and I think I mean I pulled up some some stats. I was I was trying to think of a player who was kind of a good equivalent of Silva in the role that he plays, um, and I actually came up I came up with Mesut Ozil. So <laughs> you guys are obviously familiar with him. Um, <laughs> and just looking at some of the stats, so touches from Silva three hundred and thirty-three to Ozil's one hundred and eighty-six. Penalty area touches thirty-five to Ozil's ten. This is in the same number of matches as well. Minutes per goal, so he's obviously 165 turns, 332. So, you know, he's he's surpassing them, like way way surpassing them. So when you look at stats like that and you think they're the, the both a similar price, they both play a similar role for the teams. Yeah, I think he's a no-brainer, really. And the only problem for me is that I've currently got three city players. So I've got the um, the double up at the back with, with Edison and Mendy. Um, and I've already started, to be honest, I've, as we all do, we all like to have a bit of a um, I play around with, with, with different teams that we could have and I've already started considering downgrading Edison or possibly Mendy if he's out in just for a long period of time so I can fit Silva in there
1: It was said that Mendy was meant to be in training I know that Aguero did take part in full training today but I don't think uh, Mendy did he wasn't with the group apparently
2: I think, I mean, the problem with um, with Pep is he doesn't give a great deal of indication before a match. So, yeah, I'll be keeping him for this week and I'll I'll be playing him and just cross everything and hope, and hope that he starts. Mm-hmm. I think some people will obviously be concerned with Sunny returning whether he would play the two in the same match, given he's made comments in the past about sort of not being able to fit the two of them in the same side. But I think I'll hold him for now and, and hope that he does play.
0: Okay, Ice Man, what are your thoughts on Man City?
1: Um, yeah, obviously it's the players which we normally shout, but I think of Sterling, he's definitely their best player at the moment. I, I took a look at his stats. So Adam Hotcroft on their Twitter, I saw that he, he calculated that Sterling had in his last two games, two goals, eight shots, seven shots in the box, two big chances while five chances created. So, yeah, you know, he's outperforming Aguero for shots in the box at the moment. It just shows that at his price mark of 11 mil, might be worth it. So, I mean, like a lot of people are looking at this Salah issue, whether he is, is issue or not, he doesn't seem to be on the ball at the moment. Salah, including tonight's Champions League game, I've heard rumours that he's not been doing very well in that either. So maybe Sterling could be one of those good options to go down to. I mean, like they have got Cardiff in this game now away, and then they've got Brighton and Burnley. So. Still, some tasty fixtures to bring in some uh, Man City players there. I suppose we are all waiting on the news of Agüero, as I mentioned just now. He did take part in full training. I suppose we can find out tomorrow whether or not he's in yeah. the squad. I suppose it'll, it'll make it easier if we if we see him either in the squad or you know actually starting. Then that kind of helps us decide whether or not we're going to hang on to him.
0: Okay. Um- What about Cardiff players then, Iceman, whilst I'm with you? Any that you want to add? Uh, Just a quick one, really. I mean, Danny Ward, he scored against Arsenal. He's 4.5, he's a midfielder, he wears the
1: number nine, so you assume he's going to start up front continuously. I know that Warnock, the Penguin, actually mentioned that Ward was going to start playing up front for them, so he might be a cheeky option at 4.5 where he never really gets into your team and you just kind of hope that Whenever he does score, maybe at some point you do have a, a bench player like Mendy or a city player that he does actually come on and, and get you some points. So he might be a good option for them. Um, and I still think that Morrison is going to score soon. I reckon Morrison's going to score in this game. Wow. <laughs> well, but, not summer. <laughs> all they've got is set pieces, really, and they're going to get one at one point, And Morrison is lethal in the air. I reckon this is the game that happens.
0: Okay, well, let's. Uh, we've got Palace versus Newcastle. Palace providing some interesting options defensively, and of course, big Wilf up front. What the weekend? Seven million. They struggled without him when he was out that that week when they lost against Southampton. No coincidence. He scored of the uh, three or five games this season. He only scooped a couple of bonus points though. Um, I wonder if that's to do with him being tackled when he's doing all his dribbling. Uh, I really like the look of Zaha at the moment. I know we talked about Mitrovic and whilst I'd probably anchor towards him, I don't think it's worth taking Zaha out for any players in the same price. Do you want to come in on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you of
1: Zaha. I do think he is, he's their main man, but I wouldn't necessarily bring him in. I've always had doubts about him over the years and he looks like he's getting a bit kind of pissed off with how he's being treated on the, on the pitch. He came at the end of the game, just kind of complaining how, is it going to take a broken leg for me to, for them to get sent off? And, uh, he's retaliating during the game and he's getting yellow cards due to it. So that's why he's kind of losing out on the bonus points. But I do think that, yeah, he's going to score points here or there for Crystal Palace. They've still got some good fixtures coming up. So I would definitely yeah, not remove it. Newcastle,
0: Bournemouth Falls, Everton. Yeah. So, so pretty good. It's just,
1: I suppose, with Crystal Palace PVA is the guy which I'm really disappointed with at the moment but I've looked at his stats and he has had uh six attempts on goal for 13 penalty area touches for the season it's just been so disappointing like another another game where sacco scores another extra two bonus points he's just the, the bonus magnet for them so if you're going a um crystal palace defender it's definitely the sacco and sacco if you're wanting to to double up at the moment i'm i'm looking to remove
0: pva but i may as well keep him for these fixtures so roscoe any uh anyone you want to add to that from
2: palace um i've got one bersaka um so i've got him from the start he saved my big a little bit with nine points but the finish this week i do think they look pretty good defensively so you yeah, hold if you had any of the players i'd probably hold and then with regards to zaha i'm kind of the same as iceman i've always had sort of i don't know just a niggling feeling about him i think if i had him i would have got like you say four decent fixtures but then after that from sort of game week 10 they've got four shocking fixtures so they've got Posse, uh, Spurs, a and Manny out of your way. So I've kind of got one eye on those. And I, I know I won't be bringing them in this week. So I think as those fixtures draw closer, the the chances of me are probably pretty slim, especially with regards to what I said about Wilson and, and Mitrovic. Um, just,
0: just to ask another option, if anybody is wildcard, what are your thoughts on Hennessy as a rotation goalkeeper? 4.5 million. Um, they've not been too bad at the back, as we pointed to with their defenders. Is he one to have in your rotation?
2: I think, I think Hennessy is a different story. I think with the defenders, it's the same with Juan Bissaga. I think that it's worth having because if they're your partner, obviously you can wait for those fixtures to come and then play whichever you, you're the keeper is. So, yeah, and, and I think he always picks up a couple of sneaky save points. So, yeah, I think Hennessy is a good pick.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree yeah. with the defensive options there. I mean, I'm definitely hanging on to Van Aanhoel at the moment until these fixtures kind of get worse, like you say. Game week, uh, which game week is it? Game week 10, it looks like. Game uh, 10, yeah. Yeah, against Arsenal. So that's when it really hits hard. So I'm going to hang on to him until then. But it's because of Tompkins coming back in. I mean, like he went out for a couple of games and they looked, uh, they lost their two clean sheets and they obviously uh, lost both games. That was when uh, Zaha was out as well, I believe. So uh, Tompkins is now back, Zaha's now back. And like you say looking better defensively, so yeah, I do see their defensive festival for the next four, but only for the next four.
0: Okay, um, Roscoe, do you want to talk to us about their opponents, Newcastle? So you've you're playing Palace, then it's Leicester and United. Um, thanks to your goalkeeper letting Ozil's shot trickle into <laughs> the goal weekend, he's now going to get another four-year deal. Thanks very much. Um, um, what's going on with the Geordies? Which of their players specifically do you think? Um, a good shout.
2: If I mean, is a general rule? Um, I normally, unless a player starts to really perform, I do try to avoid Newcastle players. We haven't been, yeah, we haven't really had great fantasy assets, and I think that you know I get to watch these guys week in, week out, so I see all the good they do. But I, I kind of try to to stay away from them. I I was on Kennedy at the end of last season, and I was hopeful that he would pick up where he left off last season. But the thing we were dealt with at the start of the season of been pretty grim. Obviously, we've lost four out of five, but because we've we've lost sort of four matches to one so it could be a lot worse. You know, I know a lot of people thought that when we went to um, play Manchester City, that we would get absolutely annihilated and we didn't. Um, So I think there is hope there. I think Benitez obviously has the team very well organised, but we just don't have very good players. You know, I could... (laughs) It's just not very
0: good. <laughs> I just
2: they're not. I mean, I could sit here and moan all my gosh clean things, which I won't do because I'm sure that all the listeners. But you know, we just we just don't invest in the right players. Um, we don't strengthen an area of the thing. I just think we're a bit rubbish, to be honest. You know, you could I hear people talking about you know Matt Ritchie and LV and, and I think they're all right. They're all right players, but I don't think they're great fantasy assets. I, I don't think they're going to get you a ton of points, maybe occasionally they'll assist here or there. Perhaps once the fixes improve the, the defence could be somewhere to look because I think there are a few decent options there. Um the last season he was he was really good value at four point five, but he started this season at five. I think he's dropped to four point nine or four point eight now, I think. But need to look at uh, once the fixes improve yeah, we just need to kind of start trying to pick up some some points really. I mean one point from five but to be honest, when i seen the fixtures at the start of the season, I
0: didn't expect much more than that. Yeah, I think that's a very honest uh, and open account from the heart of a Newcastle fan there. Uh, Iceman, can you offer any, any players from Newcastle or do you agree with Ross?
2: Yeah,
1: I totally agree with Ross. I don't think they look very good against Arsenal. They only had the four shots on goal against us and Arsenal's defence doesn't look too great, to be honest. But um, right. yeah,
0: not really anyone investable for me at the moment. Okay, well, let's move it on then. So we've got uh, Leicester versus Huddersfield. Now, I think there's a few options in Leicester. Um, Roscoe, let me come back to Leicester. Do you you fancy at the moment? Um,
2: I was looking at Ricardo Pereira a couple of weeks back. I don't know, I think that everything that makes him a good fantasy pick could also make him a bad fantasy pick from a clean sheets point of view. So, he's very high up the pitch, so he's very attacking, which is kind of why you would look at a player like that. But I think he was at fault for both of Ryan Fraser's goals. So high up, and he's just leaving that defence a little bit open. And I think it's all very well and good looking, looking at defenders for their attacking returns, but I think the clean sheets, uh, you're bread and butter with defenders. So, you know, your players like Mendy, Alonso, Robertson... They're getting the great attacking players, but they're playing for teams who are going to pick up clean sheets. So you're going to get your sort of 10, 12 pointers from them. So, yeah, I, I do like the look of him, as a fact, but I do think that he's leaving the, the defence wide open at the moment. And I think that, you know, as long as Wes Morgan is playing, I mean, maybe now that he's been sent off, maybe he won't come back into the side. But I think as long as he's playing, I, I don't think it's a great defence for clean, clean sheet prospects. From an attacking point of view, um, I do like the look of James Madison, but I think he might have been a little bit lucky with some of his, the points that he's got. I have considered him, but I, but I think with players like Fraser and Richardson coming back, I think he's perhaps better off. And the only other player who I've kind of I've toyed with the idea of bringing in was, was Jamie Vardy. I, I don't think he's a player, so I don't think he's going to get you, you know, your hat-ricks or, or even a brace. But, you know, last season he showed he, he's good for a steady drip of points, so he still scored 20 goals last season, so as much as he doesn't have that explosive potential, I think that he you know, he could be a, a steady drip of points. Somebody I've considered, but at the moment, I, I think that a lot of my money, and the same with a lot of other managers, is tied up across the midfield and in the defence, so like Aguero and then two cheaper forwards in Wilson and Ings, so there's not really the money there to to bring in somebody like Jamie Vaughan. If Aguero was out injured, maybe I'd consider bringing Vardy in and using that money elsewhere, but I think as soon as Aguero was back, I would would want to possibly Vardy Yeah,
1: that's about it for me. Yeah, I think, um, the Vardy shout is going to be a punt wherever you go with that. Just FYI listeners, we are having a few connection issues. So you are hearing Ross a little bit slower at times, which can actually gain for quite comical listening. Anyway, on the James Madison thing, he has actually got some really good stats. He's actually first for shots, for shots on goal over the last two, uh, with nine, but I'm kind of in the same, But with you on this, I I do think he's got lucky uh, with his kind of FPL points so far. He got the penalty only because Jamie Vardy was actually off the pitch. So, yeah, he wouldn't have scored anything uh, if he didn't get that penalty. And that is against this Bournemouth team, which, you know, pretty ropey defence. So, for me, I I agree with you on the options going uh, for Frazier, or someone like that, instead of the likes of. Anderson, I do think you need to give him a little bit more time to get going. His next five, like, obviously he's got Hudsfield's next, then Newcastle, Everton, Arsenal, West Ham, so it's still not bad fixtures, but, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this one, I'll probably stay away. Regarding the defence though, I would actually, I'd actually probably think they're more investable now that, uh, Morgan's gone, because, I think he's one of the reasons why they haven't been doing too well. And I feel like yeah. Evans is coming in now. <laughs> Evans is going to probably cement his place now. And that could probably uh, shore them up a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, as I said, I do think that Wes Morgan has probably been um, one of the reasons why they haven't been at back. So I do expect them to, to play better. And they do have great fixtures. I mean, they've got good fixtures all the way up to game week 16. So I think you could bring one of them in. It Probably would be Pereira if you if you were looking at their defence. Um,
0: yeah, 19 touches in the box for the season, Pereira, and three
1: assists as well.
2: Yeah,
1: it's all right. He looks strong on the on the ball. I mean, he, he got the assist for the yeah. for the penalty as well.
0: Can we can we assume the team they're playing? Neither of you have any names written down for. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, yeah, I've got
0: nothing. Okay, we're moving to Liverpool versus Saints. Thank you. Seriously though, Liverpool, absolutely phenomenal results tonight in the Champions League. They've beaten PSG three two. You'll know that by the time this this comes out. I think the interesting one from this fixture was what their lineup was going to be because I think that would tell us a lot about what would happen over the weekend. And because when it gets to Champions League time, this is when Klopp notoriously becomes an absolute FPL troll. Hmm. In terms of the lineup, Liverpool basically went with what they've been playing. The only difference being Henderson came into midfield instead of Cater, and Sturridge started up front instead of Firmino, who came on and got the, uh, the winning goal in the 91st minute. So I think that tells us, in terms of who is safe to play at the weekend, you can bet on uh, Firminio starting up top. Iceman, do you want to talk about Liverpool players?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the big issue here is the the Salah one, where people are looking to remove him. He didn't look good tonight, I, I heard, as I mentioned earlier. He obviously got nothing from it, and apparently he was pretty pissed off when Firmino scored the winner. There's a, a Twitter video of him just slamming his bottle towards the floor, so that, that doesn't show good signs for him at the moment, but Still looking at the stats for him, he still looks good against Tottenham. You know, still top for chances created with sixteen, top for midfielders with shots on twenty-three. You know, he did it last season. Maybe he is going for a little bit of a drought. Maybe now might be the time to to take him out. And I, I said last week, I'm not going to take him out yet. I just think that he could be so explosive at any point and you're just going to be missing out on all those points. But a lot of people are moving him out and at the moment, if they've moved him out for the likes of, say, Sterling, then they're doing the right thing. So maybe maybe that is an option. What are your thoughts on that, um, Roscoe?
2: Um, For me, I I think I'll be keeping... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people who've taken him out and you look at the teams teams at the top of the leagues, um, like the overall league um the ones that are doing well are the ones without um the ones who have got the likes of hazard in instead yeah i, I, I don't know i think it's a fear thing it, obviously he is very highly owned still he, he's lost a bit of ownership i think he's dropped from around 51 to around 47 percent ownership but he is still very highly owned. i think a lot of those people won't drop him um so there's that worry that if you do and then he obviously turns up and, Scores a hat trick or four goals, or, you know something like that. Then it's going to be have massive imp- implications for you, for for your rank. Um, but then at the same time, Mane's ownership is very high, so he could just as easily hurt you if you take him out for for Hazard. So yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd be able to squeeze Hazard, Mane, and sell into your team. But I think that would probably have detrimental effect on the rest of your team. So for me, I think I'll probably see how this weekend goes and then make a decision. It's obviously a very easy switch from. Salah to to Hazard at the moment I'm kind of thinking of prepping funds so I can do money to Hazard but obviously you can do a lot with the money that you you save if you did go with the Salah to Hazard route so yeah it's something to consider I think I'd like to see how he plays this weekend and then obviously the fixtures aren't great after that so if you were going to do it perhaps now is a good time to make that move.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm captain against Saints. I'm on Salah at the moment. It's just I just think that if you don't and he hits it big, which against the Saints team he's more than capable of doing, yeah, you're yeah. going to lose out. And I do kind of want to punish those Salah sellers in some ways, just to show them that they chose the wrong option by getting rid of him. But who knows? I'm
0: I'm starting to waver on this one now. Interesting. I mean, um, from a defensive perspective, Robertson another assist tonight. Are you, are you a fan of his Roscoe
2: yeah he's, he's been in my team from uh, game week one and I, I can't say any reason unless he was injured that I would that I would take him out you know you can kind of look at the other options in the team um Alexander Arnold and, and Gomez who would save you a little bit of money but I think you know Robertson can turn up in any match and score 11 12 points and I think I'd um, really annoyed at myself if I, if I took him out and then did that so I think he, he stays and as I say I've got salary money. so at the moment I think Robertson stays and then it's down to this match really that we get to see how and not necessarily how Salah scores but how he plays if he looks like he, he isn't up for it if he looks you know out of form then maybe that'll be the decider because as Iceman said you know he's still got the stats to back up holding them um, with like 23 attempts on goal I think I think he's still he's still making the shots, but yeah, if he looks like he's you know in a bit of a huff about something, then maybe maybe that would change my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do think I, don't, I want that as well. I think um, Firmino is somebody worth considering. And again, another annoying thing was um, I started with Firmino at the start of the season, and then with Mane his great former. I switched him on the wild card, and I think <clears throat> I think Firmino's outscored Mane across those three games. So now that he's obviously shown He he's, um, doesn't have an eye injury, then. I think he he could be somebody to get in for the weekend or see if we've got him to to keep hold. Yeah, you can see where he's actually shooting now, which is always helpful. Yeah, um, I've kind of visions of him like um, you know, Van Damme in Blood Sports where he gets the sound run his eyes in. Oh he's kind of looking around, but yeah, he seems okay.
0: Yeah, so Roscoe, what what do you think about Saints in this uh, obviously Ings can't play, so that's a massive loss for managers. Should they be looking to to take him out? And are there any other Saints players you would call?
2: Um, Well, I've got Ings um, and at the moment he's safely tucked on my bench. Um, I think I'll just keep him and it's only one match and obviously he's he's scoring and I think for the price that he is, I I think I got him in when he was 5.5 and he's risen to 5.7 now, so yeah, he's a hold for me. There was actually quite a lot of managers brought him in for this game week, um, despite him obviously not being able to play, but um, rather than rather than frown upon that, I, all I can assume is that he's, you know, that the price is maybe that people have used him as a bit of a make-weight, so maybe they've dropped more expensive forward to Ings and, and brought in somebody who would feel like Hazard, so that, that's what I'd like to, to hope has happened um, there. So yeah, he's a hold for me, um, and obviously I think the other player who people will be looking at this week would be Heiberg. He's scored two goals in, I think it's two and a bit games that he's played, um, he's actually dropped to 4.4, so I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of managers on the wild card who'll took him in in the, the fifth sub spot which you know he was there for a lot of managers last season as well I don't expect him to, to probably score every game but I think at 4.4 4, he's obviously another good prospect to have as is your, is your fifth mid who could possibly come in and, and, and might get attack on returns there
1: yeah just just definitely um, Hojberg from my Saints friends I've asked him about him and they just said well he's playing well surely he's just got to keep starting and if he's scoring even better Obviously, they, he didn't score at all last season, no assists or goals all the season before that. So don't feel like he's going to continue to, to score and assist or anything this season. So just be wary of that. And that is Roscoe's dog just saying hello.
0: Sorry about that, cat. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Amazing. All oh, right, so Miles Roscoe's uh, seeing to his, his uh, pet. Have you got any other comments on Saints? Uh, no, I think the, the Ings thing is,
1: he's uh, third for strikers on attempts. I had a look at that today, but obviously he's not playing this game. Uh, maybe one to bring in, though. Alex McCarthy, 22 saves, is uh, fourth for the season. So he's in my team at the moment. And when I come to Wildcard, I will consider you know probably keeping him. I do think he's probably going to be a good option. It's just that, Saints are still conceding here and there so just, yeah just a bit wary of that
0: OK I think we'll um, we'll move this on um... just, a,
1: just a quick one before we do Milner is one which I kind of wanted to bring up he's you know, he's on penalties he scored tonight another penalty whether or not he is going to be a good option he is one to watch from me he's quite cheap at 6.5 I'm not necessarily going to bring him in myself because he's not the attacking
0: player but if Liverpool keep getting penalties then maybe he will be yeah, I mean, it looks like Klopp absolutely loves him as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's move it on, boys, then. So, uh, we've come to United versus Wolves. Now, I think Lukaku has finally got to be in consideration for one of the expensive striker slots this season. Four goals, five bonus points. He's the main man starting up top for United. They're at home against Wolves The only thing I would caution with this is his point ceiling, but I still think he would be a reasonable option up top, especially as they then have West Ham and Newcastle in the games after. Iceman, I'm going to give you first option to flame me on that or or add to a comment on United.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I did another uh, tweet from Adam Hopcroft at a Hopcroft 13, just kind of put it into a summary in the last two game weeks three goals seven shots in the box four big chances five shots on target and 70 penalty area touches they've got Wolves West Ham Newcastle in the next three Chelsea after that and then they've got Everton so why not really I mean if Aguero isn't going to play tomorrow it does depend I mean like it's the if Aguero plays tomorrow night then is he going to play this weekend against Cardiff like you've got to consider that and maybe switch to Lukaku can be a good option for,
0: for people. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a reasonable way to go, Roscoe?
2: Um I, th- I think he's an easy switch. I mean, if Aguero wasn't going to play or he was injured or there's any doubts of whether he'd start, then obviously it's a very, it's a very easy switch to go to Lukaku from a monetary um, point of view. And I think a lot of people will do that. They'll look at the price of Aguero and think, right, who's the next player? Who's performing around that price? Um, and, they'll, and they'll go to Lukaku and and obviously, you know, he's always going to have quite a high ownership just because of the fact that Money United have a lot of fans. I'll say that in inverted commas. Um, you know, so, <laughs> wow. so he's a, he's going to be he's always going to be in quite a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, he is he is performing. And, um, there's no denying that he's that he's he's playing quite well. I, I don't know. I, th- I think that there's so much value in midfield, and there's so many players coming to the fore in midfield. You know, like Sterling's and your hazards. For me, I think if it was if I was going to take Aguero out, I'd probably downgrade him. But I don't know. I think there's almost like a feeling that if you have three forwards in your team, that one of them needs to be an expensive player. And I think that's very true from the point of view of being able to easily move between players of a certain value because. You know, if you take Aguero out and you drop him to, I don't know, like a 6.5 or 7 million forward, what do you do with that money? Where does that money go? And how easily he, can you get back to Aguero if, if he obviously came back in the team and then suddenly scored a hat-trick when he, when he wasn't in your team? So from that point of view, I think Lukaku would be an easy switch and then he can very easily move back um, as when Aguero came in. We're well, presuming, of course, that he's going to be out or he might be dropped or rested or, or whatever. But yeah, I think Lukaku's... Probably a, an easy switch there, um, and it is a shame that he's. He doesn't seem as explosive as what he was when he played for Everton. Because you know, then you could see him scoring two or three. But obviously, he plays in a very different team at United, so there's less lo- likelihood of that. But then again, you know, I'd be more than happy if I had a forward who was scoring every week, um, even at 11 million pounds. So yeah, a good option.
0: And Ross, any other United players that you would go with?
2: Um, not at the moment. I think that. Obviously, the defence is where we've looked in, in previous seasons, but at the moment, they don't seem to be performing. And I think there's something about who will start, and I think the players who are guaranteed to start are super expensive. And I think with, obviously, players like Mendy, Alonso and, and Robertson doing so well, I think people are more likely to stick with, with those players, and, and that's how I feel. I've, I've got those three, and I'm not looking to, to invest in another big-money defender from Man United.
1: I'll tell you, someone who, 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 um, Banano's Maldonado brought up with me He's saying he's passed the eye test recently is Pogba. Finally, given the license to roam free, he tells me. Could have easily had a brace against Watford as well. And I, I just had a quick look at his stats as well. He's joint top for midfielders with nine shots on target. So. Maybe with these fixtures, maybe he could be a good option.
2: He could be, but I, I don't know. Then you look at someone like Silva and you think, would I not rather spend that a little bit more for mm. for Silva?
1: Yeah, true, but they may have free players if, like yourself of City.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It depends on, on the makeup of your side. So for me, I can't bring Silva in very easily where I could bring in somebody somebody like Pogba. If I'm honest, I probably overlooked him a little bit because every time I brought him into my team he's always ended up getting two pointers um, so maybe there's a little bit of a, an issue there but yeah I think he is, he is a good option obviously he's on penalties as well as as long as he actually scores them
0: <laughs> Now I said, man before you say anything else about uh, United players I need to ask a serious question so Chris Morling has gone the way of Rio with the dreadlocks and uh, is an absolute demon in front of goal does this make him an FPL option?
1: Um, no
0: Right oh, fine okay good carry
1: on covered covered just, just quick to talk about Wolves. Obviously, United are playing Wolves in this fixture alone, and they do look pretty decent. And I think the guy to have, which everyone was ranting on about, so much as they too. they did a bit of a re- review on uh, Doherty. He has got kind of like Alonso-type stats, eight attempts, 15 penalty area touches, which is four for defenders. So he is looking pretty good at the moment,
0: and I am considering bringing him in for Peltio this week. I, I seriously, uh, I agree. He's, he's definitely passing the eye test. He's got all the stats. I don't know how much longer they can resist keeping Traore on the bench. He's just dying <laughs> whenever he? he comes on.
1: Absolutely love Traore, Maybe he's your your uh, Stanislas.
0: I think he might be, you know. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I think every time he comes on, he's electric for them. I don't know how much longer they can justify not playing him for. Ross, do you want to come in on this?
2: Yeah, um, just to echo the the comments on Doherty, I did actually have probably the the most stats and um, sort of information on him (laughs) coming into this. Um, That's mainly because I I actually tipped him an article I I put out um, on 24-7 last week um, as one to watch, mainly because if you watch him, he plays very high up, as you've said, very much like Alonso. Um, And if you look at his heat map, he's actually a lot more advanced than uh, Alonso. He's second only to Alonso for goal attempts with, with eight to Alonso's 13. So for, from an attacking point of view, he's up there. He's obviously um, very reasonably priced at 4.4 4 million. So yeah, I could, uh, he's definitely a player that I'm looking at. And again, the, and this is always the problem when you play an early wild card, is that you you invariably look back at the players that you had in your game week one team and wonder if he would have done better. And he was he was one of the players that was, was in my game week one team and I ditched him. Um, and now I'm kind of wishing that for many reasons that I probably hadn't played that wild card so early because he would be one of the players who I'd probably have been able to, to use this week when he picked up 12 points. So, But regrets, we have them.
0: <laughs> OK, let's. anyone else to add on
1: Wolves? Uh, just uh, one on, I suppose, Johnny is another one which uh, you can kind of consider. if you, He's at 4.4 as well. Um, 11 penalty area touches on the season. Third for defenders with eight chances created. So... Um, They did have 30 shots against Burnley which I mentioned earlier and uh, Jimenez with his goal fourth for strikers with attempts 17 on the season and uh, in the last two alone he's for shots he's got 10 uh, shots in the box six uh, four big chances and uh, four shots on target so yeah he looks like he's doing another cheap option
0: to contend with Ings there. Okay nice so let's move on to Brighton versus Spurs then so Roscoe um, which players do you like in this fixture?
2: Um, I think I can probably quickly gloss over Brighton, to be honest. Yeah, um, okay. I think Glenn Murray's maybe worth a mention. He's obviously scoring, but I don't know. I've, I've never really fancied Glenn Murray from a fantasy point of view. Um, But, you know, he is getting the goals. I think that when you look at and see the Jack Stevens as the highest on player, um, I think that says, says quite a lot about them. I just can't see me looking at any Brighton players at the moment. I think it's a shame what's happened with Pascal Gross because I think after last season he he looked like a great option but obviously hasn't been getting the games. Um, in terms of Spurs, I think if I was looking at any player it would probably be somebody like Trippier. He obviously didn't travel with the Spurs squad for the European game so I think that indicates that he, he's likely to start at the weekend. Uh, I think there's always the worry about the rotation with Spurs fullbacks, but he looks kind of the safest of any if you could say that. Um, so he would be somebody who I'd possibly look to if, if Mendy was, was going to be out for a, for a long period of time. Um, other than that, I think, obviously, um, mora has been playing really well, but I think he's probably somebody who I'm going to have to keep an eye on with Son coming back, whether that would would affect him. I suppose the other big talking point would be whether having Mora playing up top with, with Harry Kane is whether well, that's affecting Harry Kane in any way. Um, you know, having the two players up front, whether that's affected Kane, but... I'm not really looking at Kane. I think he looks, he looks tired. Um, it's too much. you only a two-shot. Yeah, I think for 12.5 million, I just think you could look elsewhere. Son, I'll probably be keeping an eye on. I had him quite a lot last season. He's a player I really enjoy um, having in the team. Yeah, he looks really good. And he, he just seems like a super super fit guy. You know, I think everybody expects him to come back um, and, and be rested for a period of time. But obviously, he's, he's coming on as a sub. And I, and I think he'll be starting soon. So I think he's... He's somebody I'll definitely be keeping an eye on and he'll just add to the um, myriad of options that seem to be getting in midfield. So it'll be probably another another headache of how you can, you can fit him in once he starts to, to perform because he, he can score big scores. I remember him scoring, eight, I think it was 18 points from one game last season. And, um, that, was a, that was a joyous game week. So yeah, he's one I'll be keeping an eye on.
0: OK, I Iceman,
1: anything to add to Spurs? Uh Just, I mean, like, I'm not really looking at anyone from Spurs, to be honest. I mean, like with Kane, we mentioned last week, not really warranting the price tag. They allowed 17 shots against them playing against Liverpool, so not even looking at them defensively. Even last week, we kind of said they are not looking solid defensively. So, uh even with Trippier playing that right-back position, I wouldn't go there. There's going to be some rotation
0: there, so no. I'm staying away from all of their players, to be honest. Right, well, let's move across to London to the big all-London affair, which is West Ham versus Chelsea. Um, Hazard bang on form at the moment. West Ham picking up their first win of the season. Some signs that Pellegrini is maybe finding up a a, a formula, although Wiltshire is now broken again. Um, Roscoe, what are your thoughts on the players in this tie?
2: Prior to the weekend, I kind of wasn't thinking about West Ham players in the slightest. And I think, obviously, when they get a win like that, people are automatically going to start taking notice. Uh, I do like Onatovic. I've owned him a few times last, in previous seasons and I've, again he's another player who I've enjoyed. Oh, and I don't know, there's certain players when you, when you watch them, the way they play, the way they celebrate, the kind of the passion that they seem to have and he's one of those players for me um, obviously he, he could possibly be injured so possibly not play, a player I'd be looking to bring in now. Yamalenko, he looks interesting but he, he seems a little bit too expensive at, at 6.8 and obviously he's just performed in one game, so another player to perhaps watch and and see how he does. So West Ham, I'm I'm not seriously con- considering. Chelsea, um, I've got Alonso, and I've got Pedro, but if I bring Hazard in, I, I don't think I'll keep Pedro. And obviously Hazard's the player that everybody's going to be is going to be looking at. And I think that you know in, in previous seasons, I've owned Hazard. and being he's been like super frustrated I'll, I'll bring him in, and he'll score two points, and then I'll take him out, and he'll score 15 points. Um, and I think there was a lot of question marks about how he would fit into, into uh, Sarri's side. Um, but I think from what we've seen this season, he's, he, f- he fits in very well. He's, he's had attacking returns in every single match. And obviously, he didn't start the first few. And then, obviously, at the weekend, he's, he scored the hat-rick. And, you know, I'm not sure he's, he's going to score a hat-rick many more times. But I think he, I think he could get attacking returns in, in most games, the way he seems to be playing. And I know that Sarri's kind of made a, a few comments about... Um,
1: Best in Europe. You know, that he
2: wants to... Sorry,
1: he said he was the best in Europe. He said,
2: "Yeah, the best in Europe. Um, he can score over thirty goals, which sounds great to me. I'm, I'll, I'll have a bit of that." And it seems like it, it, Hazard seems like he's playing with a, a bit more of a freer role. So he doesn't seem like he's kind of having to, to fulfill defensive duties. And um, in, in sorry, saying he's still being too defensive, he needs to get forward more. So. I think with those kind of comments from the manager, then he's going to be more attacking. And, you know, he looked great in the World Cup. He looks great now. I think he's pretty hard to ignore, to be honest.
1: Okay, Alex, man, do you want to add to that? Uh, just with Hazard yeah I, I am. I was thinking about bringing him in straight away because I haven't got him and it almost made me want to wild card but then I just kind of looked at it as uh, Chelsea have got some tough fixtures coming up so I'm not necessarily going there straight away I do still want to do it I feel that maybe uh, West Ham might have turned a corner they're playing at home here so hopefully they can get something I'm going to hide behind the sofa for, for this particular game because I feel like Hazard can still score big like Roscoe was saying he can. Looks like he can score in nearly any game. Obviously, he's on penalties as well, so he is definitely a great option to have. I'm not going there uh, yet. Yeah, they do have Liverpool, Man United, and uh, Southampton away in the next four, so not not for me yet. Maybe on my wild card. I do think that he is he is the guy to have for Chelsea. Though. Uh,
0: He's going to be my captain this week. Oops, oh, spoiler there for our next <laughs> section. But, uh, yeah, I, I firmly believe he is playing like dynamite and has done for a little while now. So, Okay, so Iceman, um, in true style, I'm actually going to come to you against the grain this time for the Arsenal-Everton game. Um, which players do you like from the Gunners and Everton? Well, people
1: have been looking at Arsenal attack because of their fixtures coming up. They do have good fixtures. Uh, but we've had 10 different players score goals, for Arsenal this season so it's very sp- spread I mean you would think that Bamiyang and Lacazette will start leading that at some point but you kind of want to wait for that to kind of happen at the moment whenever we go forward we always kind of look like we're going to score but it, you just don't know where it's going to come for I've got Ramsey at the moment I'm a bit disappointed with him not getting any returns whatsoever but he is getting the in the box he is playing that number 10 playing uh, 90 minutes he's creating chances as well he's having a few shots here and there but just not really I wouldn't say he's he's a great option to have either a lot of people were looking at Arsenal's defense but no I just think they're defensively terrible still I mean I feel like that kind of comes from the back in check where he's kind of making these silly mistakes passing out for the back that kind of lacks in confidence for the defenders so um. I wouldn't go near any of them, although Socrates did look good in the last game. And uh, I did have a quick look, Bellerin's got 14 penalty area touches so far this season, which is quite high up on the defenders, so if you're hoping for attacking points for them, Bellerin's dropped to 5.4 now, but no, not really anyone from the Arsenal team for me.
0: No, and uh, and Everton.
1: If we're moving to Everton... uh, So no, you wouldn't really trust in them defensively at all because they're just not keeping clean sheets. Uh, Digny had seven chances created over the season, which is the same as Mendy at 4.8. I I saw a tweet from uh, TC... He said he put in two awesome crosses from open players. They both resulted in incredible chances. Tucson produced an apology of an header and Niasse smashed the bar. So he may be an option, but although Everton can't defend and they've got no one
0: to convert their chances. So as you were. Okay. Um, Roscoe, uh, what do you think about the Arsenal Everton fixture in terms of best players?
2: Um, yeah, I'd have to echo everything uh, the Iceman said. Uh, a few game weeks ago, I was looking at them uh, mainly due to the fixtures, but I haven't really done enough to convince me that you know they can actually keep clean sheets, um, so I'm probably just going to avoid that. Ditch, Mikatarian at the weekend. Um, I, I just couldn't take the rotation, and I'm kind of not regretting that too much. And I had high hopes for um, Aubameyang and, and Lacazette, and they are picking up points. Um, obviously, they both got assist points, but yeah, for so money, I'd, I'd expect a little bit more. So for me, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away. Somebody like Ramsey, if he if he starts performing, that's me. But, but again, he seems to be another player where every time I pick him up in the past, he just picks up two-pointers. And when I, I get rid it, he doesn't. So yeah, for the moment, I'm worried. And then from the Everton point of view, I mean, the, they didn't look great at the weekend. They looked pretty bad. But obviously, they had a, a pretty sort of Piece so maybe if they get a couple of defenders back that can improve it, but I don't think I'll be looking at the Everton defense at all. The uh, interest is, is Richarlison coming back, so will he automatically regain that form that he showed at the start of the season? It, like he was playing a very attacking role, so it could be a case of backing the player rather than, than backing the team. So I think I'll see how he performs at the weekend, and then we'll be a player who. I consider bringing in because if I do end up bringing Hazard in then I'm probably going to ditch um, Pedro and he could be the sort of player for uh, an easy switch but I'd like to see how he plays first of all
0: OK some great shouts from you lads there I think that's uh, is getting on a bit in terms of time I think that's going to bring us to the end of our game reviews this week so it's time for the Iceman's Piss thank you <laughs> all
2: right, I'll be right
0: let's go we'll just go grab a drink and we'll come back in a few minutes
2: good cool. alright cheers guys
0: Right, the Iceman is back from his tinkle, and we are ready to sum up. So, Fulham versus Watford, Scherler for Fulham, uh, and Watford I've just written flash in the pan to quote the Iceman. Uh, Burnley versus Bournemouth, Wilson and Fraser we thought best to keep on scoring. Cardiff take on City, uh, and the quote I've got there from our guest Roscoe is bloodbath, silver looking really good for City. at the mo-. A little bit of news that's come in since we've discussed it. Aguero looks fit and raring to go, according to a session led by Guardiola today. However, maybe more of an issue and is a doubt for their game versus Lyon. So we'll see what happens there with City. In of Cardiff, uh, Danny Ward is the only one the Iceman shouted. Palace versus New Zaha looking really good. One bissaka Hennessy and Sacco for Palace. Newcastle, there was a lot of, lot of disdain around them, so we moved on from them. Left. not a whole lot on this fixture. Pereira not a bad option from an attacking perspective for Leicester but no one else at the moment Liverpool versus Saints obviously Ings can't play but no need to rush him out of your team Firmino rested in the Champions League so we will likely start this one and the advice is to keep Salah uh, United versus Wolves Lukaku looks to finally be on form as well as potentially Pogba as a dark course for, for Doherty and Jimenez uh, for Brighton versus Spurs we discussed Trippier and Moura Keep your eye on Suns' return, but we're really turning our attention away from Kane. For West Ham and Chelsea, we talked about Eden Hazard and how well he is playing. He is the man at the moment, and of course, Subotic still looking good for West Ham. Arsenal versus Everton: the goals are very spread for Arsenal at the moment, um, and Everton are looking pretty sporadic. So it's a bit of a with their players. Nice summer. I just need you to say that each time, Iceman, just to, to round off the section. Yeah, we need these, we need these transfers are... What was that? Sorry, carry on. Sorry, that was flowing, wasn't it? <laughs> um, right, let's move on to transfers and captains. By, by saying Hazard, um, I think my transfer this week is probably going to be Mendy to another fullback because I've, I've been wanting Pereira just for a while, so I think I'm actually going to go with Pereira for Mendy this week. Mm. Iceman?
1: Um, I am on a number of transfers at the moment. I just don't know which one I want to do. It may just turn out I might just hold in the end. I could do Walcott to Fraser or, you know, depending if Mendy's out, then he might, he could go down to maybe Doherty or, like you said, Pereira is another option or I could go Peltier upwards. I'm kind of undecided. It does depend on press conferences, whether Aguero plays or not. If he does play in the Champions League, I don't know whether that's going to make me want to take him out. I'm not sure at the moment, but my captain, again, it's kind of the same thing, but it was on Salah, and I was 100% that it was going to be Salah this week. After today's game, it kind of makes me want to reconsider and, and look at s- some other options, but we'll s- we'll see what happens end of week.
0: It does, it does matter on press conferences and how players are. Okay, and uh, Roscoe, what about you? Captain and transfer?
2: Uh, so for me... I think, as I mentioned before, I've, I've kind of got one eye on getting Hazard in. Um, if I do that and I go, I'm to make some money. So I'm looking to possibly turning Theo Walcott into um, Ryan Fraser. That's kind of where I'm thinking at the moment. But obviously, we'll have to see how injuries go. Um, in terms of captain, at the minute I'm on Salah. But yeah, after, after some of the comments tonight, I'm starting to doubt that decision. So yeah, it's on Salah at the moment. But I'll probably be keeping a close eye on... On the conferences and on Twitter, and, um, and see if I still stick with that at the weekend. But at the moment, it seems like the best option.
0: Yeah, so keeping the faith in Salah, that <coughs> might come, well come back to bite the doubters of Salah. Um, speaking of which, Ice Man, and I don't know how this links, but. Uh, whether it be haters or lovers, what Twitter questions do we have?
1: Yeah, we, we did have a lot, so we're not going to be able to go through all of them, and apologies for that. We did have a lot oh. from into Win It, that's Adam at uh, FF247, just directly for Roscoe, and uh, I'm just going to uh, allow Roscoe just to reply directly on Twitter to each of them, because that would take up a good chunk of our podcast, and I know a lot of uh, listeners are not going to be interested in that, so sorry, Adam, but I'll continue you hear from uh, fpl uh, struggle he is new to twitter he joined twitter just because uh, we have ranted on about it on this podcast and he's been listening from the start so thank you for listening struggle so he has put top six rotation risk or lesser team guaranteed starters the likes of pedro mora and bernardo versus Pereira, madison and frazier best go for a mix or always go for the starters with no risk with no rotation risk so thoughts on that Ross Indeed.
0: I
2: think I think a healthy balance so obviously having all players who are rotation risk and you, if you don't have a bench for example then you're going to come a cropper um, so yeah maybe mix it up maybe you have a, a couple of players who um, you, you know are going to start and obviously you can't avoid the, the big players because they're the ones who perform but invariably they're the ones who get rotated as well but obviously I'm hoping everybody plans really well and have a perfect bench who can come in for those players. So, yeah, plan your bench, set your bench, um, and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, I think I more or less agree with that one. I mean, that's, I, around that price bracket, I'll probably want to go for the more sure starters, though a yeah, bit of a difficult question, that one, whether to mix or uh, always go for the short stars. You always kind of want to go for people that you know are starting. Um, right, so moving on to FPL Sexy has just put, is it time to piss off the full-backs with the Champions League rotation set to stuff us up a little? Or do we ride it out? Example, Robertson to VVD or Benjamin Mendy to his brother Otto Mendy? So, uh, thoughts on that, Ross?
2: Um. The one thing I was thinking, and this is kind of relevant to this question, was, you know, when you have these sort of three high-priced defenders, so you are Alonso, Robertson, Mendy, is that you end up kind of feeling like you have to play them every single week, even if the fixtures weren't that great. Um, and obviously, you know, these players get getting an attack and return every time. So perhaps with the, you know, the Champions League games coming up now, and the risk of rotation, it's maybe a good time to to drop one of them. Um, and then maybe have two or three cheaper defenders who you can rotate in for the fixtures. Um, I know for me, I, I always feel obliged to kind of play the, the expensive players and in season pass. That's that's often bitters where the, the, the cheaper defenders have performed well in the in the good fixtures. Um, I think a player like Doherty this weekend is a good example of that, where if, if I'd had him, I probably wouldn't have played him. And obviously, then you've got a player like Robertson, who... Um, is, is playing a tricky game and doesn't get any attack on returns so you end up with, with, with two points so yeah it could be a good time to maybe keep two and, and pick up a couple of cheaper defenders to, to rotate
0: Yeah I think I agree with that Billy? Well I think if one of them is Mendy then you would be looking to take him anyway if uh, news of his um, his injury is, is true and he isn't going to be playing but yeah I think drop one uh, invest the money elsewhere at this stage there's a lot to be going from the midfield this season
1: Yeah yeah, i fully agree with that. Uh,
0: moving on to uh, another question here from
1: Darren Hanmars. Just put, he's balls deep in his wild card, but he's going without Kane and Salah. So how much of a risk is that, to go without both of them?
2: I mean, I don't think it's a massive risk going without Kane at the moment. We've obviously already discussed that Salah could go either way. As I said earlier, a lot of the teams who don't have Salah and have the likes of Hazard are, are performing really well at the moment, so... If there was a
1: time to go without Kane and Salah, then I think now would be it. Yeah, I think I totally agree. Kane, definitely not that much of a risk. Although they have got good fixtures, maybe he will come good. You need something to go on. You need form to go on. At the moment, both of them not quite in form. Um, I do think that Salah is quite hot there on the stats as well, so it can come good for him. Obviously, he's had a bit of a bad game tonight, and he did the game before where he missed uh, a sitter. But... I still think that Salah is going to be a risk if you go about him. And uh, I do think the ownership is going to drop soon, though. Any further thoughts, Billy?
0: Yeah, I, I think you can afford going up both of them at the moment, just with the other players scoring highly. has a regular score, and Mano's doing really well. And there's just a whole range of strikers up front you could go for at the moment. So I don't think it's the most outrageous thing compared to the start of the season to happen either.
1: Yeah. Okay, and we're going to go for one last one here from uh, Adam at uh, Adam Al. Cock, (laughs) FF247. I've just read his Twitter handle. (laughs) Thanks for that, Adam. Uh, So he's put, if you were to go on a night out with 10 people you've never met before, say, for example, some fellow FF247 writers, and you knew it had been a bit of a long bender, what would be the best policy? A pace yourself b get hammered within two hours and fall asleep at dinner so this is obviously referencing something towards you Roscoe you care to elaborate on that one
2: I mean I think in those sort of situations your best bet's to probably just get hammered and then fall asleep at dinner and, and that would be the approach that I would usually take to such situations <laughs>
1: sounds like a good obviously, time by all
2: <laughs> I can't speak from experience but that would be the approach I would take
1: yeah nice no, no, like that Thoughts, Billy. I just wouldn't turn up probably. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. You you got a good habit of not turning off on the night out, haven't you, Billy? Yeah. Very, very evasive. <laughs> and yeah, that that'll be it for Twitter this week. Sorry guys, we didn't get to answer all your questions, but we have run
0: very long. Iceman I'm gonna um in terms of the feedback box this week, I'm gonna combine this with the Icemandia feature because I really think this, this piece of feedback from the tipster is uh is very apt.
1: Right, okay.
0: Okay, congratulations for reaching 5,000 Twitter followers. You're an awesome pod, great fellows, and always top draw guests, the same being today. Thank you for your contribution to FPL. All we want in return is a, a little thank you in Iceman, Dick. Over to you, Iceman. <laughs> um, I've got nothing. i literally got
1: nothing. Put me on the spot there, and I literally can't even think of anything to say, so thanks for that,
0: Brian. No, <laughs> There we go. So tips there. There we go. That, that in, in Iceman, Dick, uh, thank you is confused modesty. <laughs> um, thanks for the feedback. I'm loving these little uh, private messages I'm getting to, to read out each week. It's excellent. Mm. Um, so Iceman, uh, it's that time again for the podcast. For Brett to do his thing, it's Sexy
2: Thoughts. Sexy Thoughts. I know what's not sexy, the Firmino-Vertongan eye-fingering incident. What was sexy? The little men. Fraser hazard and my spanish bendy dick friend david silver i love it you
0: he loves a spanish dick absolute gold once again from brett right um shall i tell everybody how to get in contact with us yeah yeah yes i will do that so um First of all, you can get involved by joining the mini-league. As you can hear, there's a range of names in that mini-league, which I can't pronounce, but it's all getting very exciting at the top. Get involved uh, at 225-369. You can visit the website, fancyfootballsurgery.com, and you can also follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit. Tweet us at FF underscore Surgery, for a high percentage chance of your question being answered, unless we <laughs> go over, in which case that may not happen, but we'll always endeavour to um, answer those questions. So we, we greatly appreciate the support we've been getting from patreon.com forward slash surgery. Any sort of uh, donation or support you can give the pod on there is greatly received. We've got a great Slack channel um, and a great group uh, developing, so get involved with that. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a, a review uh, if you like us and if you don't. Uh, you can listen on, as we've said, SoundCloud as well. And finally, you can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at com, which feels a bit redundant given all the other channels you can use to be getting contact. Some people just like an official email. Okay. So I want to thank Roscoe for joining us today. Thank you very much, sir.
2: Thank you very much for having me, guys.
0: Roscoe, if people want to follow up on this podcast by pestering you for more advice, what are your main media outlets? How can people follow your work?
2: Um, I am on Twitter under... Um Roscoe FPL at you Um I'm not sure if I can even spell that off the top of my head, but um, you'll usually find me on uh, FF 24-7 where um, I'm a contributor and you'll also find me on the boards there where hopefully uh, I help people and stuff.
0: Excellent. Good stuff. it been great having you on board. Iceman? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on, Roscoe. It's been great having you on. And uh, good luck in your game weeks, everyone.
2: Thank you very much. Same to you guys.
0: Ice man, a, uh, a, a just a word moving forward for the listeners for the coming week.
2: Uh, there, there's never any words from me.
0: Oh, Try to catch you out that time. Would you recommend a spa? <laughs> Ragdale Spa is, uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, shout out to Ragdale Spa. So that's the Ice Man's wisdom. If you're getting stressed in uh, the first five game weeks of the season, maybe have a little spa break and just take the foot off the gas a little bit. From us at the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. I'll speak to you next week of the pod.